You're listening to Ask Dr. E, where Dr. Michael Easley answers your biblical and theological questions in 10 minutes or less. Here's today's question from Jeremy. Hey, Dr. E, I have a question about the idea that God the Father turned his face away from Christ when he hung on the cross. Is that a biblical idea? And if so, where does it come from? My assumption is that it comes from Jesus quoting Psalm 22, but doesn't he do that because he is fulfilling its prophecy? I've seen entire theologies of quote-unquote cosmic abandonment around this idea that Christ was separated from God while he was on the cross, but I just don't know where that claim is substantiated in Scripture. Great, great question, Jeremy. I'm impressed. First, let's jump in and talk a little bit about the term face. seems like a simple word, but it is very complex and manifold in meaning. It occurs over 2,100 times in the Old Testament. And to think about that is startling, but Here's another nuance. It's always plural, except one time. So face is not just what we think about the flesh and muscle tissue that covers our you know, skeletal structure, but it represents features. It represents something unique to a person. And it's not just our identity, but it's an assortment of ideas that we communicate. Think about when you smile at your kid. Or if they're about to do something and you warn them, you might raise your eyebrows and turn your head. Or if they're hurt or sick, the way you look at them. So face in the Old Testament is a manifold word that means a lot of things. Just a couple of references, Jeremiah 5.3, when a disobedient person's face is called harder than a rock because they refuse to repent. In Proverbs 7, 17, the immoral woman's face is brazen, meaning shameless. So anyway, we have a number of these nuances, and I just bring that up because when we talk about God's face, it's an interesting concept because we don't think of him as someone we can see, obviously. We can see Christ in a way, but we can't see the Father, right? So just sort of as an index. Some of the passages that are brought to mind and Again, we know these in general. We might not know the reference, but Exodus 19.21, the Lord spoke to Moses, go down, warn the people so that they will not break through to the Lord and gaze, and many of them perish. Exodus 3.6, he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Then Moses hid his face. And he was afraid to look at God. And then Genesis 32, 30, we know the story of Jacob and Peniel. He said, I have seen God's face to face, yet my life has been preserved. So we're getting this picture of God in the Old Testament, this manifold expression of his identity. Sometimes you can see him. Sometimes you can't see him. We'll leave it there for now. When we come to the New Testament, we get a picture that we see Jesus as God, and we see the Father. John 1.18, no one has seen God at any time. The only begotten God who is in the bosom of the Father, he has explained him. So John the Gospel writer is saying Jesus Christ is the exegesis of God. In other words, when you look at Jesus, you're seeing God. John 6.46, not that anyone has seen the Father except one who is from God, he has seen the Father. And there's a number of different nuances, but you get the drift. Now, let's get back to Jeremy's question. In the temple complex, 
in Second Chronicles chapter 6, we got this remarkable record where it's been dedicated to the Lord. You remember David got all the, let's call them building materials together. He was not allowed to build the temple, but Solomon, the son, was. And in Second Chronicles 6, we've got this incredible set of details about the beauty and grandeur of what it meant to worship God. And the term before the altar is what I want you to listen to. Second Chronicles 6.42 O Lord God, do not turn away the face of your anointed. Remember your loving kindness to your servant David. Some Bibles say before the altar, before the anointed, that's the term face. Don't turn your face away from what we're about to do. In Psalm 132.10, David writes, For the sake of David your servant, do not turn away the face of your anointed So not to get too deep in the weeds, but when we're reading about the face of God, we're also being pointed to the Davidic monarchy, the dynasty, the covenant promise that was all tied into this. When you come to worship the temple complex, you're doing this according to where I've put my name, and the prayer is, don't turn your face away from us, all right? So in the Old Testament, We can't quite see God the way we would see a man face to face, but we're coming before him. We're coming to worship him before his face, if we will. Again, in 2 Chronicles 30, verse 9, if you return to the Lord, your brothers and your sons will find compassion before those who led them captive and return to this land. For the Lord your God is gracious and compassionate and will not turn his face away from you if you return to him. So that face represents his graciousness, his compassion, his forgiveness, his covenant. We might say he welcomes and accepts us. Now, you noted in your question, Psalm 22, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Far from my deliverance are the words of my groaning. This is sometimes called the cry of dereliction. That he's on the cross, he's separated from God, and he became a curse for us. And so he says, you've forsaken me. In Galatians 3, Paul picks up the same idea. Galatians 3.13, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. It is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on the tree. So all that to say, there's this dereliction. Christ feels abandoned. You've forsaken me. So what's actually going on on that cross? So to say it as simply as I can, while he's on the cross, God's wrath is poured out upon him for man's sin. And so we use the phrase, God turns his face away from Jesus because he can't, quote, watch, we'd say, what's happening to his own son. I came across a helpful link by my friend, Pastor Colin Smith. He pastors a church up in the Chicagoland area, and his ministry is called Unlocking the Bible, and it's called The Day God Turned His Face Away, and we'll put a link on the show notes if you want to look at this, but he makes a number of points. I'll just read three of them real quickly. Number one, Christ bore our sins on the cross, and then he lists 1 Peter 2.24, 2 Corinthians 5.21 and Isaiah 53.6, all which say Christ took our place, he was made sin for us, and God laid the iniquity of us all upon him. Secondly, Christ bore the punishment for our sins on the cross. 
And again, a number of references that we'll link on the show notes. And then he says, thirdly, Christ was completely alone in his suffering on the cross. The disciples had forsaken him. Now Jesus enters even into a deeper isolation, forsaken by God. So in the grand scheme, when Christ is enduring the wrath because of our sins, we could say, and again, we don't find that verse in the Bible per se, God turns his face away, but that because of that, the wrath is poured out. Christ is alone in his suffering. He must endure that by himself. And as I've often commented, I don't think the crucifixion proper, the excruciation, Latin word crucifixion, I don't think the pain of the crucifix was what Jesus was so afraid of. What Jesus was sweating drops of blood over was he was going to be separated from his father, enduring the wrath. And I think that separation was far more painful than the physicality of what he endured, which of course is inhumane and none of us could handle that. But that's about the best I can do. Great question, Jeremy. I think you know he did turn his face away in the sense that he could not look upon the wrath that he poured upon his son in your place and in mine to deal with our sins. If you've got a question for Ask Dr. E, call us or text us at 615-281-9694, or you can email us at question at michaelincontext.com. We would love to hear from you. Ask Dr. E is a production of Michael Easley in Context. The music for this show is composed by Jason Germain, And you can find more biblical resources at michaelincontext.com.